0: Johnson's wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with OG O Joy. on this program, I mentioned something that caused a good deal of comment. I said, a waxed house is a clean house, and a clean house is a sanitary, healthful one. Do you remember? Well, it seems that quite a few people have not fully realized that when they wax their floors, furniture, and woodwork regularly with genuine Johnson's wax, they are actually doing a good deal more than protecting and beautifying those surfaces. Yes, they're making their homes healthier as well as pleasanter places to live in. You see, the wax seals the surface against dirt and moisture. Dust and dirt do not adhere easily to a wax-polished area. So regular waxing removes many of the sources of germs. And besides, it's so much easier to clean waxed floors, baseboards, and furniture. Especially in these times, let Johnson's Paste, Liquid, or Cream Wax help keep your home sanitary and beautiful. (laughs) Well, about this time of the quote happy unquote Yuletide season, every husband begins to get that cornered rat look about his eyes. But the squire of Seventy Nine Wistful Vista looks even more desperate than that. Something is definitely <laughs> perturbing our hero. For further details, we join River McGee and Molly.
1: And furthermore, I'm the dumbest, short-sightedest, dim-wittedest, feather-brainest drooped that ever didn't know enough to come in out of a tornado.
2: Well, just as you say... If my head
1: was small enough to fit my brains, I'd be getting telegrams from Ripley.
2: Well, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. They
1: say, Washington's home at Mount Vernon has got a beautiful big stoop. But you got a bigger and a beautifuler stoop, and I don't mean anybody but me.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, you just say that.
1: Ah, uh, I got you. <laughs> uh, the IQ of a microbe. I think when I die, I'll leave my skull to the Smithsonian for a doorknob.
2: How charming.
1: As dumb as I am, it's a wonder to me I ever got out of the third grade.
2: <laughs> it's a wonder to me you ever got in.
1: You ain't whistling Dixie there either. Sir. <laughs> I think I'll give myself back to the Indians I'm the biggest numbskull that ever All was.
2: right, McGee I'll admit you're a fascinating subject But what's this all about?
1: It's about me That's what it's all about I'm the stupidest All guy.
2: right, all right mm. For the sake of argument Let's
1: say you're completely brainless Oh, I don't know about
2: that.
1: <laughs> I'll find it sooner or later Find what? <laughs> That's 15 bucks I was saving it for your Christmas present I hid it last summer So I wouldn't be tempted to spend it And now I can't find it if that don't make me the weak Now, dumb... now,
2: now, now, stop pacing up and down. Ours is a beautiful union, and it doesn't need any pickets.
1: <laughs> pickets are still laying there. <laughs> and I'm getting desperate. Only eight more shopping days before Christmas, and I've looked every place.
2: Calm yourself. What man can hide, man can find. Yeah... Where do you usually hide your extra money? I don't
1: usually have any extra money. <laughs> but when I did, I used to put it in the sugar bowl. Did
2: you look
1: there? Yes, but I'm using it now to keep stuff more valuable than money. What? Sugar.
3: <laughs> <laughs> did you go through all your old clothes?
1: Yeah, if it wouldn't be there. I distinctly remember tucking it away in some safe place. Ah, oh, let me see. Where could. I... Hey, hand me that blue vase on the mantle. Oh, this one here? Oh, yeah. well, no, it ain't here. <laughs> This is where I've been keeping my cellophane collection.
2: <laughs>
1: sure got a mess of it, haven't I?
2: What are you saving cellophane for?
1: I don't know. I guess I just got tired of collecting cigar bands.
2: <laughs> <Some> string. <laughs>
1: Seemed to be more future in cellophane. <laughs> Doggone it, this makes me sore.
2: Was it in $5 bill, series?
4: It was
1: a 10 and a 5 in a white envelope. And I wrote on the outside of it, do not touch until 10 days before Christmas, and this means me. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm a pretty good housekeeper if I do say so myself, and I haven't seen anything of it.
1: Well, if the worst comes to worst, I'll I'll get an internal revenue collector in here. Them guys could find money in a caraway scene. <laughs>
2: now
1: let me think a minute. If I could just remember
2: Come in. Abigail Luffington. Hello, darling. Oh, how do you
3: do, my yes. dear? And Miss McGee.
1: Hi, Eppy, where's your Santa Claus costume? Or aren't you cursing the Kringle today? <laughs> oh
3: go on duty till four o'clock, Mr. McGee. But what, may I ask, is the matter with you? What do you mean, Abigail? Well, look at him, my dear. Uh, He looks positively haggard. (gasps) I only hope the government doesn't catch him with those Chevrolet tires under his eyes.
1: (laughs) I ain't been sleeping good, Uppy. I got pernicious insomnia. I'm worried.
2: Yes, he had $15 for Christmas shopping, Abigail. Now he can't find it. For three days now, he's been prowling around the house like a mouse after a cat.
1: You mean a cat after a mouse.
2: In this house, anything can happen.
1: <laughs> I had a case like that once. Uppy, you sound aussier than Nelson.
4: <laughs>
3: what happened
1: with you?
4: Oh, I was simply
3: frantic because I thought I'd mislaid a ruby and emerald bracelet. But the solution was so simple. It was simple. It was ridiculous. Well, what was the solution? Maybe it'll give McGee an
2: idea. I
3: suddenly realized I had never had a ruby and emerald bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that silly? And
1: I thought I was dumb. But <laughs> you're as giddy as a steeplejack full of apple jacks. <laughs> <laughs> I was at
3: that time, Mr. McGee. You see, I was just a girl out of finishing school and madly in love with a handsome young lieutenant. Ah, oh, uh,
2: well, there was something awfully romantic about those Civil War uniforms, Abigail. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: <laughs> yes, indeed, they said... I no, beg your pardon, Mr. McGee. Don't mention it, Abigail. But uh, what girl's school did you go to? Oh, Ward, Belmont, my dear, in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, I can close my eyes now and smell the magnolias on the campus. That's
1: my hair, Uppy. I just come from the barber shop. It is
3: magnolia's jockey club. Well, do remind me, my dear, sometime to show you the pictures of my class. I was captain of the
1: croquet team, you know. No. Mm? Well, call me Virginia and watch me reel. <laughs> so you were always the captain of the croquet team, was you, honey child? Well, uh, please, Miss
3: McGee, I have only the most charming memories of the South, and I found Southern
2: men were always most gentlemanly. Mm. Well, I guess that'll dim your Northern lights,
1: McGee. <laughs> That's, that must account for my good manners, Uppy. My grandfather wore the Southern uniform, you know. Oh, really?
2: Sure, he was a conductor on the Chattanooga Choo-choo <laughs> What was it you wanted to see me about? Oh, I just wanted to tell you about the most marvelous fortune teller.
1: Fortune teller? Blah. Those bargain basement gypsies couldn't foretell the future of a blue-eyed blonde with the fleet in. (laughs) Oh. But they're fun, dearie. They're fun. Ah, fun my clavicle. Dark man going to cross your path. Going to take a long journey. Going to get a letter. You will find your diamond ring under the... Hey! Hey! Maybe she can tell me where my 15 bucks is. Come
5: on. What are we waiting
1: for? Get your hat, Molly. Where is this fortune teller? Well,
3: Upstairs. A... Never mind. I'll find
1: it. Come on, Molly. We'll see you later, Uppy. Why didn't I think of this before? Oh, boy, that 15 bucks is as good as found. Right
5: now. Why, those people are wonderful. I know of a case where a guy lost a big strong one. <laughs>
1: reception room, Molly. Boy, what a dump.
2: Well, this was your idea, not mine.
1: Why do fortune tellers always live in joints like this? If they can see into the future, why don't they make a killing at the races and live in a classy apartment?
2: (laughs) Well, maybe they can't get a crystal ball big enough to see a horse in.
1: (laughs) This one sure ought to know her onions. She's cooked enough of them around here.
2: (laughs) Don't be so critical. You know, Madam X ought to be calling us in any time now. You know, we've been waiting here 25
1: minutes. Madam X. Probably an old gypsy named McGillicuddy. (laughs) Not that I care what her name is, if she can slap herself into a trance and find my 15 bucks.
2: You know, we'd have saved time if we just consulted Uncle Dennis.
1: Ah, what does he know about fortune telling?
2: Well, I don't know, but he certainly lives in an atmosphere of departed spirits. You know, last night I came into the hall And I found him balancing himself on the banister
1: Yeah? What'd he say?
2: He said, niece, your escalator
1: has run down
2: <laughs>
1: Had it again, huh? I gave him a lecture about that just the other day What'd he do? He just sat tight
4: <laughs> oh, Uh-oh
6: Mr. McGee I will see you now, please.
2: Oh, oh, thank you, madam. Come on, dearie. We'll see what fate has in store for you. If fate still has a store, which I doubt with things being so hard to get.
1: Oh, I'm ready, sis. Hop onto your broomstick. This way, please.
7: Oh, Incense.
1: <laughs> I think I preferred the onions.
7: <laughs> hey, can't we have a little light in
1: here, sis?
6: No. The darkness she is desirable for proper contact with the forces of the unknown. Oh. Sit down, please. Oh,
2: thank you. Wow. <laughs> you see, the reason we came, Madam Ex, is because... Do not
6: tell me. I will tell you. Your husband is in trouble, no?
2: My husband is in trouble, yes. <laughs>
6: uh, hey, how'd you know, sis? Can you read my mind? Yes. It is very
1: simple.
2: Huh? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> now, that's what he's been telling himself all day, madam.
1: How do we go about this now, sis? Do you read the stars, feel the bumps on my head, look at my palm, or do we just sit around and strain our eyes at each other? No. For $5, I will answer three questions.
2: $5? Isn't that a little expensive?
6: Yes. Now you have two more questions.
2: (laughs)
1: You better not waste any time, Molly. Here's a question, sis. Where's the 15 bucks I was saving for my wife's Christmas present?
6: It is right where you are putting it. <laughs> now, you have one more question.
2: Heavenly Days, we're not making much progress, are we?
6: No. Now, for another $5, I will answer three more questions. <laughs>
1: You don't, sis. Come on, Molly. I ain't going to pay her ten bucks to find fifteen. Here, sis. Here's your five dollars.
6: Thank you. You must come again and see Madame X when you are troubled with business, law, or marriage.
2: Oh, what? Do we look that silly? Do you think we like to be
6: gypped? That is three more questions. (laughs) I will answer the first one by saying. Come on, Molly. Come
1: on. (laughs) Well,
2: my goodness, McGee. We didn't get much satisfaction in there, did we?
1: Well, yes. She at least says that dough is still where I put it. (laughs) That's some comfort. Well, come on, let's go home and see. Well, hello there, folks. Say, have you been consulting Madam X?
2: Yes, if you call it that, Mr. Wilcox.
1: The way that dame clips you, she ought to be a barber in a boot camp. (laughs) You going to consult her, Junior? Sure. I was
0: in here last week for advice.
2: (laughs) About what?
0: Oh, business. I asked her how the future of Johnson's wax stacked up. She said it had a very bright and sparkling future.
2: Oh! She
0: said that in times like these, when conservation was so important, more housewives than ever would preserve and protect their floors with Johnson's wax. And what was the second question, my fellow chump?
4: <laughs> well,
0: then I asked her which of the Johnson wax features I should emphasize, and she said health, because Johnson's wax seals the surface against dust and dirt and dampness and gives the housewife so much extra rest and leisure.
2: Oh, and the third question?
0: That's where I made my mistake. I asked her if my pipe bothered her, and she said yes
1: and soaked you another fin. Boy, what a racket.
2: Say, why on earth are you coming back, Mr. Wilcox, if you knew you'd been cheated? I want to ask her if she took my watch.
6: Mr. Wilcox, I will see you now. I'll say you will, baby. Thawgook. What?
2: <laughs> well, let's get on home McGee. We'll turn the house inside out when we find that
1: $15. And believe me, the next time I hide something, I'm going to hide it in plain sight. This will teach me a lesson. <laughs> if I wasn't such a sap-headed, beetle-brained, blot eared low browed whithering, <laughs> I ever heard of any. Well, else. now
2: that we're home, where'd we better start, McGee?
1: Oh, I don't know. I remember putting it in a place where I could lay hands on it at a minute's notice.
2: You say the $15 was in a white envelope. Yes. Well, that shouldn't be so hard to find. Would you put it behind one of the pictures?
1: No, I looked behind all the pictures this morning. I turned Whistler's mother around so many times, she almost fell out of her chair.
2: Say, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you put it under a rug.
1: No, I've had them up
2: too many times. I'd have seen it.
1: Oh, why can't I remember I must have a skull full of rice pudding. I'm the biggest drip this side of Niagara Falls. The only thing that keeps my ears apart is my big fat mouth. Oh. (laughs) No, no, McGee. Anybody can forget things. Nobody can forget them as easy as me. It's exasperating. I'm getting so I'm afraid to shake hands for fear I'll walk off without my arm. <laughs> here, I thought I was a pretty bright guy. And I couldn't pass the intelligence test of a Mongolian basket leader. Oh, now, of for stuff.
2: goodness sake, if you'd stop scolding yourself for a few minutes, maybe we could get something done.
1: Uh, well, my gosh, well... Now, yes.
2: listen, here's what we better do. I'll start with the upstairs and go through every room. No. And you look around down here. In between us, we ought to cover every inch of this house. Okay, but I... Now, 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 stop your arguing. Anyway, you're not as dumb as you claim... You're really pretty smart. Uh, I am? Yes. Oh, well, you wouldn't have hidden that $15
1: from yourself.
2: Why? <laughs> when it comes to money, and I hope
5: we do... Come in. Oh, hello there, Mr. Oldtimer. Hello, daughter. Hello, Charlie. I just stopped in to say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, old timer, come back. Here. What's the
2: matter, kid? You can't yell goodbye at us and then rush away like that. Where are you going and for how long?
1: Yeah, and when
5: you when will you be back and for how long? Gone to Chicago, kid. Gonna be gone for an indefinite period. Oh. What do you mean, indefinite period? <laughs> I mean I won't be back till the afternoon of January 5th. But whether it's 3 o'clock or 3.15 is indefinite. Why? <laughs> hey? Why? Oh.
2: Still new swatted, Dirty. No, my husband means are uh, you going to
5: fly to Chicago or take the train? Ain't decided, daughter. Thought maybe I'd get up early in the morning, throw the saddle on old Betsy, sleep on her back, and ride her all the way to Shy. Well, that's a long trip for a horse. Who's a horse? My, isn't Betsy? No, uh, Betsy's my bicycle. <laughs> on the other hand, kids, I'll likely take the steam cars. I love trains. Used to be a railroad man in my younger days. What'd you do on the railroad? What do you mean, what did I do, Johnny? I had my own. You mean you owned a railroad? Sure did, daughter. 18 cars, two engines, and 72 foot of track. (laughs) Run from the dining room through the front hall, back to the kitchen, and round into the dining room again. Stopped at the umbrella stand, the piano stool, the refrigerator, and the cook, exception Mondays, which was the cook's day off, at the piano stool on signal only. But I had a bad wreck in 1889 when Papa come home late one night, tripped over the coal car. Oh, <laughs> tough luck. Ah, uh, yes. Now I never see an engine with a tender behind without thinking of what Papa did to me that night. <laughs> well, that's wrong, <laughs> Kid
0: man saying i'm dreaming of a white christmas
4: i the male.
2: I'm about ready to give up. You certainly hid that $15 well.
1: Yes, and I could kick myself around the block for it, too. If I'm not the silliest. Yes, government.
2: yes, we've been all over that. Are you sure you had $15 in the first place? Sure,
1: I'm sure. A ten and a five. And they were earmarked for your Christmas present, too.
5: They were what? Earmarked.
1: That's what the government does with money, so that's what I do. How? Well, I put ink all over my ears and pressed both bills against them. <laughs> I think the theory is that no two people have ears alike.
4: <laughs>
1: you know, like fingerprints, only easier to see.
2: Well, that must keep Mr. Morgan's office busy. Yeah, that's does. Now listen, let's just sit down here and reconstruct what you did when you hid the money. What did you do
1: first? Well, first I got me an envelope. Come in.
2: Whose car is that out in
1: front? The black one. Well, that's a kind of a combination ownership, Bud. Me and the finance company. I see both. you have an A sticker on the windshield. Do you do any pleasure driving?
2: Take him for a ride around the block, McGee. That'll answer that question. <laughs> in that car, sir, you get more pleasure walking.
1: And I don't quite understand what... Let me what... see your draft registration card, please. Okay, here you are, bud. I'm not only a little overage, but I got a lot of collateral dependence. I got collateral at the First National, the Morris Plan, the Building and Law... you right. How much coffee have you got? Oh, well,
2: uh, about a half a pound. Sugar? No, thanks. Just cream.
8: <laughs> <laughs> now, look here, bud. I don't mind answering questions. Please.
2: This is war. Yes. <laughs> sure, we read about it in the papers, but what... I only I... have
8: a few more questions, then I'm through. Have you been buying
1: war bonds? Bud,
8: we've been buying
1: war bonds till we're red, white, and blue in the face. And I've licked the back of so many war-saving stamps, everything I eat tastes like glue. Now, if you don't mind... I that, hope you're not complaining.
2: Certainly we complain. Everybody complains, and it doesn't mean a thing. And now, if you please explain I why. See,
8: I see you have cuffs on those trousers
1: did you buy that suit after restrictions were put on clothing? No, I didn't. And uh, while I don't like to be personal, Bud, there are still a few people who need a cup on the pants.
8: So you please tell us just who you... Just one more thing. The government doesn't want you to buy anything you don't need. They're trying to keep prices at a reasonable level. Encourage buying bonds and paying off debts. We want this country to be on a sound financial footing after this war is over. Now remember that.
2: Just what is your connection with the
8: government? Oh, my goodness, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Mr. Tolliver. I just moved into the brick house down the street. Oh, I'm glad to know you, Tolliver. This is my wife, huh? How do
2: you do, I'm sure. Just what department of the government are you in, Mr. Tolliver? Oh, I'm
8: not in the government, Miss McGee. I run the hamburger wagon down there at 14th and Oak, And I must say, we <laughs> serve the finest... Well, Dan, about? It... what, what, why do you got some bustling in here asking all those silly questions? Well, I think when a man moves into a new neighborhood, he naturally wants to know all about his neighbors. Certainly it's nice to have met you, folks. Good night. <laughs>
2: The nervy people I
1: ever tells met. Tells me I'm gonna have trouble with that mug. He's <laughs> gonna get in my hair and there ain't enough room in it for anybody but me.
2: <laughs> a self-appointed cop. Oh, never mind, McGee. Let's concentrate on finding your $15. Now, what did you do after you got the envelope? Well, now, let me
1: think. I put the money in the envelope and sealed it. Yes. Yeah. Then I started looking for a hiding place. Yes. Yeah. First, I thought I'd hide it in the hall closet. And then I said to myself, no, I said. I'm going to clean out that closet one of these days. So I take the envelope.
2: Oh, for goodness sake. Come in.
7: Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mister.
2: McGee. Oh, Mr. Wimple. Hi,
7: Wimple, man. Why the suitcase. You running away from home again? Oh, no, Mr. McGee. I'm going to Chicago on a business trip for about three weeks. Oh? Is your wife going with you, Mr. Wimple? No, she isn't, Mrs. McGee. I'm going to be terribly lonesome without her, too. Ouch. What's the matter? (laughs) I was crossing my fingers so hard, I almost broke them. Well, uh, what kind of a business trip is
2: this, Mr. Wimple? I'm
7: going to see my publishers, Mrs. McGee. The ones who publish all my poetry. Oh. They sent me a telegram saying they wanted to see me. Gee, they must think a lot of you, Wimp. Yes. They wanted to publish my pictures. I sent them some, and they wired right back. We don't believe it. Come in person. <laughs> Wasn't that nice? So you won't be here for Christmas, Mr. Wimple. No, but Sweetie Face gave me my Christmas present before I left. Look, a check for twenty-five dollars.
1: Say, that's great, Wimp.
7: Isn't it, though? Mm. She says if I'm a good boy all year, that next Christmas she'll sign it. <laughs> in the bladder. Why, that old saber tooth. I thought of a swell gift I'd like to send her, Wimp, But I hate to ask anybody to deliver it. Oh, I'd be very happy to take it over, Mr. McGee. Oh, no, you wouldn't. It might explode before you got there.
4: <laughs>
7: Not if you timed it right to the second. Now, well, what
2: did you give your wife
7: for Christmas, Mr. Wimple? A great big bottle of cologne, Mrs. McGee. To be opened on Christmas morning. on eh? What kind, Wimp? I mixed it up myself, Mr. Oh. Lee. <laughs> Mostly carbolic acid.
2: Oh! Why, Mr. Wimple, that's liable to take the skin right off her face. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 <And Christmas. laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Three weeks away from that gunner's made of his and Wimp will be a new man. Poor
2: little fella.
1: I'll be a poor little fella myself if I don't find that 15 bucks. If I wasn't such a numbskull, such a hopeless dope in a blue ribbon boot, I might... stop
2: a... it now. Huh? Let's take up where we left off. After you decided against hiding it in the closet, what'd you do?
1: Doggone it, that's what I can't remember. All I know is I put it someplace where I'd remember it just before Christmas.
2: Well, I'm sorry, McGee. I can't imagine
5: where in the Dickens' you... Dickens! That's it. Now I remember. Here it is. Right here in this book. What book? Dickens' Christmas Carol.
2: Whatever made you hide your money in that?
5: Safest place in the
1: world. Nobody ever opens that book till Christmas time. <laughs>
0: Winter weather is hard on our floors, we might as well admit it. When snow and slush and wet get tracked in, the floor surfaces need the protection of a tough coat of Johnson's wax. If you examined a waxed floor under a magnifying glass, you'd see that it's the wax that gets all the wear. The surface underneath is safe. And don't forget that with genuine Johnson's wax, you can touch up heavy traffic spots whenever necessary without having to re-wax the entire floor. Don't forget either that there are 100 extra labor-saving uses for wax around your home. windowsills, Venetian blinds, luggage, shoes and boots, furniture and woodwork. In these times when we have to take better care of the things we have, wax is a helpful ally.
1: was a kind of a clever son at that hiding his 15 bucks in dickens christmas carol maybe i ain't such a fool after all huh? no
2: <laughs> you really have some bright moments McGee. yeah i guess
1: i do at that well all well it ends well here you keep the 15 bucks for me i gotta throw this envelope in the wastebasket.
2: well this isn't 15 dollars this is the envelope
1: huh oh my gosh i <laughs> tore up the money what Ah, oh, if I ain't the worst <laughs> muddle-headed. More than ever should have had 15 bucks in the first place. I'm the dumbest, gilliest, dim-wittedest... Oh. oh, good
2: night. Good night, oh.
0: all. <laughs> the characters of the old-timer and Wallace Wimple heard on our program were played by Bill Thompson. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnston Wax Finishes for the Home and Industry inviting you all to join us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.